Acts chapter 13. I'm reading in verse 2 and 3. The Bible says, When they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Tonight I want to bring a message entitled, Reasons to Leave a Church. Hebrew poetry is unique in how it rhymes. In English, our poetry rhymes by the last word of the line, line rhyming. So we sing the song, Amazing Grace. That saved a wretch like me, I was blind, but now I see, so it rhymes. But in Hebrew poetry, the meaning of the verses rhyme. So you go through Proverbs 9.10, and 10, 9, 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And those two lines refer to the same point, but in two different ways. The fear of the Lord relates to the knowledge of the, of the Holy One. And wisdom is parallel to understanding. There are other Hebrew Proverbs that rhyme, but by way of contrast. I cited on Sunday, Proverbs 11.1, A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. So abomination contrasts delight. False balance contrasts a just weight. And there's a value to the rhyming poetry because it gives us definition to points. If we don't know what the fear of the Lord is, it helps us to know that it relates to the knowledge of God. So healthy fear springs from knowledge. And we learn about issues by way of contrast as well. Lest we think that a just weight is pleasing to the Lord, but not very important to the Lord, we learn that a false balance is abominable to Him. So we know that God hates injustice. So we glean a clearer view of God's position on justice by a Hebrew proverb that has contrasts in it. So this evening, I want to provide a clearer view of our commitment to the church by presenting a contrast. Recently in Sunday school, I gave a Sunday school lesson on why to join a church. And this evening, I want to provide a contrast by speaking on reasons to leave a church. People leave churches, some for good reasons and others not. And I want to explore a broad array of reasons and test them against God's Word. So two simple points tonight. The first are reasons some think are reasons to leave a church. Reason number one, I'm done with organized religion. It's all hypocrisy. I could do better on my own. When someone believes that, perhaps what they're referring to is some criminal situation of abuse in the church that needs to be addressed However, I believe that most of the time, when people quit church, it's not because the church was truly harboring unrepentant sinners. And the whole idea of going it alone fails to understand that Christ has placed a priority on the church. He does not offer a second solo option to the local church. Furthermore, the idea to go it alone fails to realize the deceitfulness of sin. Hebrews, 13, or Hebrews 3 says, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So 
So there is a level of safety from being hardened by sin by being in a church. But left all alone, one is an animal who strayed from the pack and is about to be overtaken by a lion. So calling it quits isn't a good reason to leave a church. Secondly, this church doesn't meet my needs. Of course, this might cover a number of issues, but someone might say the preaching isn't entertaining enough. The worship doesn't have enough base. The church isn't friendly enough. The youth group isn't big enough. The nursery facilities aren't state-of-the-art enough. Now, we all have legitimate spiritual needs, and God has designed that those needs be met in part through the local church. We must gather together and stay long enough in order to minister to other people and to be ministered by other people. And people who are committed to that kind of thing usually find plenty of encouragement in a local church. But when someone says his needs are not being met, we have to consider, is he confusing needs with wants? We have to consider, are those wants even biblical? Paul warned Timothy of a time when people would be lovers of pleasure and lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. Therefore, the saints, um, they ought to be lovers of the saints, but they're not. Many in America join churches expecting that the church will meet all their needs and find themselves very disappointed because their expectations are not met. But perhaps their expectations weren't biblical in the first place. My needs are not a really good reason to leave a church. Thirdly, I don't agree with what this church teaches. One person says, I refuse to go to a church that does not embrace homosexuality. Another person says, I refuse to go to a church that doesn't have the word gospel in its name because the churches are supposed to be focused on the gospel. Now, considering those two statements, the first person leaves because he won't accept what the Bible plainly says. The Creator God made mankind male and female, and marriage is to be between one man man and one woman. So don't leave a church because the church believes and teaches what the Bible says. In the second case, the person leaves because the church won't draw a line where the Bible doesn't draw a line. There are no references anywhere in the Scriptures to churches having names or any guidelines for how those would be determined. So people leave the church that draws lines where the Bible draws lines and refuse to draw lines where the Bible doesn't draw lines. And and those are just bad reasons to leave a church. The most recent thing that's come about has been masks or no masks. And many churches have divided and closed because of people's strong opinions on those things. Of course, those sort of attacks on churches' teachings aren't good reasons to leave a church. Thirdly, this, this evening, one would say, I'm leaving because of such and such a person. And most people don't say it like that. They would rather hide that, that thought under some other complaint. But someone says, well, I can't stand the way he sings. I can't stand her baby crying. I can't stand her casseroles. I can't stand his spiritual immaturity. I can't stand his spiritual pride. And perhaps the way to deal with this attack is to say, churches have people. The church isn't a building, it's people. 
So there's going to be crying, there's going to be messes, there's going to be different stages of life and spiritual maturity, there's going to be different personalities and personal disagreements, all those things. The point is, the church is not about you or me and my wants and your wants and your comforts and my comforts. Romans 15.1 says, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. So to leave because of someone is often nothing more than saying that you refuse to bear with one another in love. You refuse to forgive one another as Christ has forgiven. So strained relationships aren't a good reason to leave a church. Fifthly, some say, say, I'm leaving because I think the church down the road will be better. Now, this is flawed in the same reason the previous one was. Churches are made up of people. So you're, where you go to and be with people, there will be problems. But people in relationships often wonder if a different relationship would be better. So married people have looked over the fence and thought there's greeter grass. Yet those who decide to get a divorce often divorce again. And those in church who think that another church across the road would be better, they often change churches and change churches again and again and again. Why do they do that? Well, they have a car and they can. But the issue in those cases isn't really with the spouse. It's not really with the church. It's the one who has a false sense that there's greener grass. I think another church would be better isn't a good reason to leave. Someone also says, well, someone or something disagrees with me. I wanted red, they wanted blue. I wanted the new King James, they wanted the ESV. I wanted this policy, they voted it down. Disagreements in the church are going to be inevitable because people are different. I like the color blue, but some people don't. When I make the color blue an issue and threaten to leave the church over it, it's not a good thing. You see, the, reason, the reasons that matter are not equally important. There are things in the church that are more important than other things. Paul prioritized the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15 as a matter of church, chief importance. That we believe in God, the Word of God, salvation by grace through faith. Those are absolutely important. But a lot of other issues are not as important, and in those there is room for disagreement. Let me tell you a story along some of these lines. This story is told of John Wesley, who was an Arminian, and George Whitfield, who was a Calvinist. John Wesley was asked if he would see George Whitfield in heaven, to which he said, No. George Whitfield was so bright a star in the firmament of God's glory, and will stand so near the throne that one like me, who am less than the least, will never catch a glimpse of him. Now, that's really instructive, especially for those of us who agree on so much more when it comes to denomination and theology and conviction. That is to say, micro matters aren't reasons to leave a church, since we don't have the right to determine which doctrines, policies, versions, and colors are major issues. God has already established the important matters, which is why we're able to have a position that's known as fundamentalism that believes there are fundamental matters plainly laid out in the Scriptures. So what do we do when we disagree? We'll give up 
and get along with the majority who chooses red instead of blue. And don't make it a bigger matter than it is. Instead, the Bible calls us and commands us, Ephesians 4.3, be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So people don't have to be on the same page about every point of doctrine and conviction, but everyone in the church must lovingly pursue peace and extend care and kindness. And that's going to require saying no to yourself and yes to the service of Christ and his people. And Paul goes as far in the book of Philippians to call out two individuals by name who had been leaders in the ministry who weren't getting along. Say, that is a bold thing to do. It was, and he did it. But the point is that God has the right to command his people to get along and to work together for the gospel's sake. So personal disagreements, those aren't reasons to leave the church. And last, I'll say for reasons that people talk about leaving the church, being confronted about sin isn't a reason to leave a church. We all want people to like us and to think well of us, but that can lead to a Peter mentality where all else may, but not me. I don't need any prayer, Jesus. And when someone pulls back the curtain on our show, what can one do but go? That's what many think. But they can actually stay. We believe that Christ died for sinners like us. When someone finds out we've sinned, it is not a reason to leave. It's a reason to stay. It's a reason to receive instruction and to grow in grace. Very sadly, many people, when they are called often by pastors to walk in the way of righteousness, leave. Finding another church that doesn't know about your sin is not a good reason to leave church. And in closing on this first point, on this topic, I would say, most of the time, the reason that someone leaves a church in America is complete selfishness. Plain and simple, they think, I deserve better, they did me wrong. And very sadly, when someone leads the church, he often takes others with him. Because people talk, and those words stick. Words are powerful, even small words. So for example, if your wife, in passing, tells her husband that a guy is looking at her funny, that husband will probably never think kindly towards that person again. Even if he knows them, he's always going to have in the back of his mind, my wife said this about that person. There's always a doubt because the word is said. That is to show us that when seeds of discontent are sown in the hearts of other people, they are what Proverbs tells us, delicious morsels that go down into the inner parts of the body. And those who listen to those who leave often end up leaving too. Because words have the power to destroy, and many local churches have fallen because of those kinds of things. So there are a lot of reasons that people give when they leave a church, but they aren't good reasons. What are good reasons to leave a church? There are reasons to leave a church, point two tonight. I live somewhere else. That's a good reason to leave a church. That is to say, well, I bypass another gospel-preaching local church to go to the church I'm currently going to. Or, I don't even live where the church is anymore. The point is, local. The normal situation for the people in Corinth was to go to the church in Corinth. And for hundreds of years of church history, people attended local churches. But with the prosperity and wealth in modern America, local became, well, how far am I willing to drive my car on a Sunday morning? 
You know, some people go 45 minutes to find a gospel-preaching church because there's no other gospel-preaching church around. But other people pass one, five, ten, or more gospel-preaching churches on the way to church, even churches that are their same denomination. So cars and the consumer mindset and the failure to consider the fact that we're supposed to be a testimony for Christ here in this location, all of those things are bypassed and suppressed commitment to a local church. You know that it's often said in small towns, you need to shop local. Same could be said of church. You need to go to a local church. So, if you live somewhere else, I understand. That's reason to leave. Secondly, my current church isn't a church. And I want to be a part of a church. So if you would say that your church does not preach the gospel, perhaps you're at a Catholic church or a church that preaches the prosperity gospel. It's not a, not a church. Or the church doesn't observe the ordinances as pointing to Christ and said they are the means of saving grace. Or if the church doesn't preach the word but instead only preaches personal opinions, thoughts that they had. Or if the church does not maintain a testimony for Jesus Christ in their membership. That's to say they refuse to add members who profess faith in Christ or they refuse to remove unrepentant members who profess faith in Christ. And of course, in saying those things, I'm not trying to say we make quick assessments. That's not how it works. If someone is saved in a church that doesn't preach the gospel, we'll say at a Roman Catholic church, what they should first do is begin to share the gospel with the people they know, that they're right there in the hopes that they will become Christians. And perhaps the church will change. Perhaps they'll become a regenerate gospel-preaching church. If someone is in a church where the pastor can relate the text and the subject of the Scriptures, but he can't make any points from the text of Scriptures, well, then you shouldn't just leave. You should probably talk to him about it. You could perhaps suggest how he could study or pay for him to get further training. I was very fortunate to have a dozen years of formal training, but some people haven't. And I've met people at pastor's conferences who they can write the text on a page and the topic of the text, but that's about all they got from the passage. And they don't know how to explain the rest of the passage. Well, those pastors need encouragement. Some of them need funding to be educated. But if a pastor refuses to preach God's word after being encouraged, then you have to leave because the church... It needs to be a place where you're fed. If the Bible's not being preached, you've got to leave. It takes, it takes the plain explanation of all that Christ commanded for people to be fed. I could probably go on with a lot of other stories and scenarios, but in general, what you ought to do is promote health in a church, the furtherance of witnessing, encouraging other people in the ways of the Lord before you consider leaving. In reflecting on this, I've often thought of just the New Testament epistles. You think of the epistles and all the problems in all the churches. Paul's regular admonition was not, ooh, you have a problem, leave. As if leaving would solve everything. No, you've got to stay and figure it out. So we stay as long as we can to help it out. If it ceases to be a church or is not a church, at some point we have to say, I've got to go to a church. Another reason to leave a church is I'm leaving to expand the gospel reach. See, I'm going to go plant another church where Christ is not named. That sounds like a missionary. That's great. 
or I'm going to go help plant a daughter church because this centralized church has grown so large that those of us from another town who attend here can break off and have our own local church in town. So there's a gospel witness in our town. That's great. Or perhaps you have talents and gifts that can be better utilized in another smaller church. The pastor, I'm sorry, the president of the school that I went to challenged students that after they graduated, they would give three years to a small church. The reason for that is when we go to college, we often find ourselves in big churches that have lots of everything, lots of people who can play the piano. So Dr. Bob encouraged folks who have these kinds of talents to go to a small church where they could be used every week instead of once a quarter on a rotation. So go to a place that your gifts can be used. That's often said to people who are getting through college and are that kind of state in life when they're trying to choose where would God use them. The point is people can leave the church when they're trying, where they're trying to expand the gospel ministry for Christ's sake. In summary, I'd say that when people leave for the right reasons, it is always a positive thing. Sure, we, we shed tears, but we understand. We understand when someone goes and becomes a pastor somewhere else or when someone goes to live with their children for the rest of their, their years. We understand those things. But when someone leaves for the wrong reasons, it always feels shady. It always seems to be quite obvious when people leave for Christ's sake or they leave for their own sake. Of course, what's our hope? Our hope is that people stay here for Christ's sake. Because God's plan is that we grow in the soil of a local church. Of course, in Hebrew poetry, we can learn things more clearly by seeing the opposite. So it helps us understand our commitment to the local church here by seeing why we ought not or why we ought to leave a church. What we are supposed to be doing is being and making disciples. And by God's grace, that's what we're all committed to. Through thick and thin, we're committed to that. And if that's where our hearts are, our spirits are, I believe God will give us many, many years together for his glory. And that's what our desire is. Father, as we consider this, we ask that you'll help us. It is so often the case that churches splinter, and as they splinter, they close. And the the gospel light in so many communities goes out. So, Lord, as we consider ourselves, we ask that we would be committed to you, that we would find you a far greater value than perhaps we find you now, and that we would take ourselves so often much less seriously uh, and the welfare of other people far more seriously is what we often need. And, Lord, that is the spirit that comes as we submit ourselves to your word and give ourselves to what you said in your word. And uh, we pray that you'll do those changes in our hearts. I'm thankful for those here who have been so committed, many for many, many years, those who have been committed for the years since you've saved them. We just pray that you would build them up here and that we would be a bright light for you. We pray for that in Christ's name. Amen.